I V M. Folks, welcome to Paisa Paisa. I'm your host Anupam Gupta, B50 on Twitter, and on today's episode, I'm really thrilled, excited to have one of the most familiar faces in the markets, veteran, veteran in the markets, and in trend investing, Atul Surya Marathon Trends. We're going to talk about trends, how they play a major role in investing, what Atul feels of the longer-term theme going on in the markets, and much more right after this short break. And welcome back, Atul. Welcome to Paisa Paisa. Hey. Thank you so Hi. much. Yeah, thank you so much for coming out to the studio awesome. and doing awesome. this for our listeners. Let's start with something about marathon trends, about yourself. This is rich experience that you have in the markets. You started like in the nineties, Australia. Yeah, 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 rare yeah, and everything. Yeah. Tell us about that. Let's start. So that. pretty, pretty much a vintage guy in the market. You know, I came in the market in nineteen ninety. Nineteen ninety was a very important year because it was a Harshad Mehta bull market, and this was that. point when you know the first generation of professionals came in the market prior to that stock market was that one dalal street mom and pop shop ancestral stuff and i was doing my ca so my father was really disillusioned that hey you know instead of practicing hmm. as a chartered accountant you decide to get into something called satta bazaar hmm. that was the term then and that was the image but you know i thank harshad for bringing the stock market from page 13 to page 1 you know i kind of found a very good mentor early in parag parik so parag bhai was the first guy i joined uh, i i joined an equity dealing in research actually then went on to dealing and uh, he was a very very uh, you know good role model to have i remember that uh, thanks to harshad mehta you know i made some quick money and he told me that son with this whatever lack or two that you have rather than buying the next stock i would invest it in education wow and that helped me to pay my fee for the first two semesters and you won't believe anupam i paid my fees and 15 days later the market crashed uh. so if i had put that money back in stocks it would have all been zero and probably not a education or exposure that i had after that went to australia did a masters in international banking could have stayed back could have gone to singapore but the passion of markets you know the, just the joy of looking at the future just the joy of how the world is changing was so overpowering came back to india stock market back again uh, started with birla sun life in broking then a few years later found another mentor another big influence in rakesh junjunwala and uh, in this whole journey i also apart from the fundamental background discovered the joy of technicals understood the joy understood the importance of respecting the market especially in the 2000 you know in the cold ketan mark park ethan bare ko the yeah. it crash just just realize how important the discipline is and uh, then subsequently joined rakesh ji at rare enterprises have been worked with him for 10 years exclusively wow. managing money advising him that was a very rich experience and that really brought the big shift the shift from you know more of a trading mindset to more investing and compounding and uh, in 2017 started my own pms with his blessings uh, marathon trends still connected advising rare wonderful mentors great people to be with and uh, as i said what has changed for me from one single client i have a few hundred wow. that's all the shift that there is but it's a nice shift and uh, market challenge look at that i mean just look at that i mean you're talking about harshad mehta and we all remember those times i was there in college that point of, of time course. you look you're talking about parak parik one of the legends absolutely people are looking at his flexi cap fund now but yes. anybody who goes back knows how legendary yeah, yeah, he was yeah, yeah. and of course you're talking about akejun wala himself yeah. what great training i mean you know 
I like this. I'll tell you why. Because we keep on hearing Warren Buffett and Peter Lynch and X and Y and Z. But by India, we to dekho yar. India, India, zaruri hai. And you know, another thing, I, I, I pride myself on happy about myself. As I tell, ask people, how many bear markets have you seen? Oh, okay. You know, how many bear? Like a lot of kids come in and they come and give you all that stuff. And I say, how many bear markets have you seen? So at least I can. My claim to fame is I've seen four bear markets and survived. In the end. the whole game is about survival yeah, man okay. this whole compounding thing yeah yeah is great is great picking great stocks etc but the big thing is to be able to survive because survival itself brings in the power of compounding you know? what a point to make and we've seen the sensex when it was at nifty i mean at 3000 so we've Absolutely. seen sensex when it was almost at nifty levels but yeah, yeah. let's start with trend investing right because that's what marathon is about sure sure what is trend investing and how does it you know probably fit in with the other um schools so uh, trend investing again there's no hard and fast definition let me just share what i think about it you know over these 30 years uh, as i said i've been fortunate to see this great 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 investors and i realized that you know market does what it has to a 13 14 15% compounded at a index level but hey you know there are these guys who've gone out and created billions and hundreds and thousands of crores how do they do that definitely not at compounding 14 15% they've done something better than that you've encountered them and then you wonder what is it how did they get it right it's not that they're making more money you know and, and people think that oh you know these guys are great they get the top they buy at the bottom they operate the market they control the market i think that's all humbug those days are gone there are too many players but one thing i realized is all these people were very good at picking up the larger trends you know what they did was that whenever the market changed its trend they were able to align with it and they got into it in a bit of a i would say concentrated way and that's when the trend played out the kind of compounding they had was tremendous i'll give you an example i said 1990 came in the market you know the biggest index run in our life i have seen and will ever see i think was a 600% return thanks to the harshad metabol market yep yep you know yeah. you're talking about 3000 the index was 600 66 or 36 66 or 36 that That's, was the harshad meta that was the harshad that was the biggest time. biggest index bull run we ever ever see and will ever see in I the think. shortest period of time in the shorter period of time nothing has come close nothing 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 uh, and the beauty is that oh okay this was great but you know if you had just bought a cement stock oh <laughs> you know uh, what it what yeah, cement yeah, stocks yeah, did yeah, yeah. same thing happened in 99 2000 it bull market uh, index doubled actually but even if you went and picked up uh, the most obvious stock that time was also infosys infosys up a few thousand percent yeah. i'm not talking about wipro and etc etc but that are the kind of returns 2003 2008 uh, big bull market but infra stocks you know or the real estate stocks so i realized that hey these guys had the ability to align with the bigger move the bigger trend the bigger theme and that is what i try to do is ultimately catch the bigger theme and be able to align with that once i'm able to move my portfolio or investors money between these themes i feel that's where the alpha can be generated so that's how i view trend investing as nothing being but being aligned with the theme and the beauty is that the theme changes every bull market yeah. no theme is consistent so let's talk about the process here atul because i'm sure that even you would know that this is not easy yeah. right because yeah, yeah. cement in the 90s tech in the 2000s and real estate in 2003 to 2008 or i guess banks probably post 2014 absolutely all yes. of these being yeah, yeah. there at the right place at the right time is something that requires a process sure, you don't just sure. flip a coin and definitely not definitely let's not. talk about the process so uh, i am a person who combines two disciplines you know in our market people are fundamental investors technical uh, traders so that's it that's how people define them they are two separate 
pockets. But I was fortunate. I started as a fundamental analyst. I took on technicals in Australia out of passion. And I kind of combined both of them. And I think they are very, very important. Because first and foremost is that I look for trending earnings. Trending earnings is that I have learned over time that yes, there may be, it's ultimately earnings that drive stock prices. A lot of stock prices move without earnings. But it always ends badly. Mm. So if you're managing money for others, you know, remember you're a custodian of others' wealth. You don't want to be in those places. So the first and foremost, the driver, the engine of markets is actually earnings. So what I look for is trending earnings, which is the fundamental side. But it has to be appreciated by the market. And that is what I call trending prices. Mm -hmm. So it's a combination of trending earnings and trending prices. And that is where the whole interplay of the word trend investing comes in. So what I really do is I try to look for companies that are, you know, sort of seeing longer term growth trends in earnings plus an acceleration in the short term. You know, I've noticed that it's not, it's, it's like IT we're talking about. You'll notice that IT stocks may have done well in 99, 2000, but it's not that they were only doing well. They were actually, the earnings were accelerating very, very beautifully well before that. Later on, the market recognized it. And that is what got built into the price. And, you know, we had that Y2K kind of situation at that yeah, stage. Yeah. That was a buzzword. And then we went into eyeballs and, you know, et cetera, et cetera, many things. That is the market recognition. So really, you have to have a mix of both. You have to have a mix of both. It was like, let's say, the real estate boom. You know, it was all, yes, real estate stocks were great, et cetera. But then the whole land bank theme happened. Yeah. And that's when the cocktail mix was happening. The kind of rally that you saw in those kind of stocks, you know, of course, we don't like to talk about Unitech right yeah. now. Oh, but you know, how many 20 circuits or something on the upside? Absolutely. Jacob, yeah. one of the biggest wealth creators in the world. I remember I was reading an international magazine and they were listing out which is the biggest wealth creating stock in the world. And voila, up there was Jacob, Indian stock. Yeah, and we've not even heard of it. We've not even heard not, of it. You, yeah, yeah. If you're talking real estate, you would have had the bigger <laughs> names at that point of time. So, so this is really the need to respect markets also. So I kind of understand that. And what I do is I have a combined strategy of trending earnings and trending prices. And the most important thing, the most difficult thing, and which is very obvious, is a very cliched line, cut your losses, ride your winners. Mm. You know, everyone knows about it, but I think it's very, very difficult to do. Cut your losses is very important because, you know, in this market, when trends play out, when trends end, most people are unable to exit. Yeah. The problem is that that is the most difficult time. It's your ability to cut and then move on to the next trend. The market, like, you know, I told you about the cement bull market, right, in 90. In the next bull market, which was a 2000 bull market, IT did well, but cement underperformed. Cement underperformed. In the yeah. next bull market, infra did well, but IT didn't do well. In the next bull market, banks did well, but infra didn't do well. Yeah. And now if you see the next bull market post that, you'll find that banks, however popular they are, are relatively underperforming. Yeah. So the people get lumped with leaders of the last bull market, but the markets moved on. Yeah. A new trend has started. And that ability to churn and move on from trend A to trend B is what trend investing is all yeah. about. So let's get a little bit deeper into stocks, Atul. Two of them that I know that you like, there's Titan and there's Deepak Nitride. Yeah. Played beautifully yeah. the trend investing theme. Let's just talk about that for a while. So let me take you to another stock. Sure. Titan, I wouldn't like to because it's of course Rakesh Ji's oh, of course. glory. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Leave it to him. Fair point. Uh, he discovered it. But I think for me, uh, in that phase also is a stock called Aisha Motors. Ah, of course. You know, I remember that stock was something that for me, that was the first big reinforcement of my belief, a demonstration of what I did. And that's what happened. You know, like I remember the Royal Enfield 
greenfield motorbike waiting 3 months 6 months 9 months whatever that there was prices were going up and i sure for whatever the interesting part was like most people wouldn't like wonder you know what i sure they didn't know they were volvo buses ye two wheeler ye matlab doodh wale ka motorcycle you know there were a lot yeah, of yeah. lot of myths around that whole bullet bike and all that this you talk about the early phase yeah. right and and you know there was a lot of mental this thing but hey you know the earnings were doing something else and the price was doing something else and you got a sense that here was a trend every quarter on quarter i remember anup it would beat mm. expectations and the price would just move on those markets were not spectacular but this stock went on its own pace at its own run so what we saw was a case of trending earnings in spite of all the perceptions that people had which were negative yeah. However, it was later that people realized, oh, you had a new young kid. He had changed the so bike. Love, it yeah. was, it was, you know, technologically very different from what you know ancestrally what people remember a bullet bike. Yeah. And then it became a status symbol, yeah. and that's when the waiting started. But the beauty is that that whole thing was reflected in price, caught on caught a beat, caught on caught a beat, and the prices just trended. So when markets used to correct. Aishar used to hardly correct, mm. and the moment the market stabilized, it would go on to make new highs. So for me, Aishar was like a, a six bagger or seven bagger or something. And remember, those those years were not very spectacular in terms of indexes and things like that. They were That's pretty right. much you know middling kind of years. So for me, the first experience of uh, uh, this was actually Aishar Motors. The second was Deepak Nitrate, or actually the whole specialty chemical theme. Uh, I in fact more than Deepak, I think I made more money in SRF. Mm. You know, and let's, let's actually talk about that because there was a lot. Of Disbelief in specialty. Yeah, remember yeah. the early days when specialty chemicals started. Yeah, there was so much disbelief yeah. that it's yeah. low P because it's supposed to be low P. Absolutely. इसमें ये problem है, उसमें वो problem है. Don't believe the annual reports. Don't believe the numbers, etc. Absolutely, et absolutely. I don't know what happened after that. In what? In five? The next three, five years? It was yeah. the next big thing, and people. Yeah. You are right. People who got into that. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So essentially, you know, the theme of specialty chemicals was playing out for very long. Again, hardly covered. Lot of myths. Lot of disbelief. and you know like there's another company atul limited of course namesake but the fact is you go out and look how these stocks have compounded for 4 to 5 years in fact the biggest wealth creators pre covid post covid has actually been specialty chemicals because you know you had pockets you had uh, some stocks that the banks did well you know in a, in a pre covid kind of phase post covid they really didn't do much but you find that these stocks actually have continued to perform post mm. that so these were again as i said the stock the sector should be under researched hardly any analysts covered these they were all small cap kind of plays so nobody wanted to even touch them they were paria stocks non institutional stocks under owned it was hardly a part of anyone's portfolio hardly did anyone have even 1% exposure to specialty chemicals and little understood because honestly it's like a very complex industry you know all these chemicals names etc so here you had an under owned under loved under researched things but hey it was giving out very good numbers there was disbelief and it took very many years to sort of you know accept it for me the moment of reckoning came was when the covid fall happened so one thing i look for uh, anupam is that when markets correct i like to look at stocks that fall less hmm. stocks that fall less in falling markets are leaders of the next bull market they're telling you something the they're price telling. movement is telling you absolutely. something absolutely absolutely wow. okay. and when covid happened or hit i realized that as a bunch i was looking at specialty chemicals before that i mean i had like fair weightage to them but i went hugely overweight at covid hmm. or around you know whatever i exited in financials i think that i moved towards specialty chemicals and that was something which i found earnings were intact pre covid post covid the prices were falling less than the broader market which is again for me a very good signal trend point of view and they were the early stocks to break out to lifetime highs hmm. 
And if you still have that conviction, and if the earnings are still giving you some kind of signal, absolutely. How do you get off the bus? Yeah? So here, you know, Anupam, the problem is not not knowing. The problem is doing. It's the emotion comes in. I find that the whole quantitative work or technical work I do. The beauty about that is that there's no subjectivity. Let's take a simple thing. We all know what a 200-day DMA is, right? Let's assuming I make a principle that if the stock breaks below the 200 DMA, I sell. Okay, I'm not. I don't that I do it, but I'm just giving an example. The answer is definite. It's binary. Mm. Either the stock is above, which I am holding. If it goes below, I know it's gone below. It's a binary. It's a sell. So the first and foremost is clarity of thought. This this process gives you immense clarity of thought. What I should be, what should be my position today, I know. It's not if, but, other position, kar lo, quarter, average down, doubled up. You know all those kind of things. It doesn't have any subjectivity. It's clarity, and you need clarity, especially while selling, mm. because at that stage, your mind, as it is, is going through a lot of angst. Through a lot of pain, doubt, doubt, self-doubt, and you always want your stocks that you're holding to continue. You always. hate selling them, and more importantly, if you have to ever book a loss. So what happens is that I find that the challenge is not intellectual; the challenge is emotional, and that ability to sell is something which I have learned through the hard way. Ah. That you know, I have seen, especially in the IT time. You know, I've seen stocks like I didn't sell it, and then the stock hit. Downside circuits, we still have you know eight and eight, sixteen percent circuits for the next three days, and the stock just halved. So I realized, you know, I learned my lessons. So as I said, I may miss a buying opportunity, but when I have to sell, I would never miss that because that is something that will keep me alive, which keep me afloat. And that, as I started my interview with, mm. is intrinsic to compounding survival. And for your survival, you should be able to cut your losses. So I think that is a discipline that is there. It is more emotion than intellectual. We, it's you know, it's interesting that you said that because emotionally, it's a bit gut wrenching. I remember I've spoken to so many people, and the one and one stock that has kept on coming again and again for the last I don't know five ten years is Bajaj Finance. Yeah. आज तक जिसने उसको बेचा है सब रिग्रेट में ही रहे इंक्लूडिंग मी एट वन पॉइंट इन टाइम दैट्स वेरी कैंडिड दैट्स वेरी ऑनेस्ट ऑफ यू टू एक्सेप्ट दैट इट्स ओके इट्स ओके सो हाउ डज दैट होल cutting your losses yeah. and holding on to the winners you can never know what's the difference ultimately in the long run if you prove not because the way that our brains are function you call right. it loss aversion you call right. it whatever right. Right. Reg- regret is so powerful how do you handle that emotion <laughs> see just... Rupam, also you know at one stage i loved a stock called suzlon <laughs> <laughs> okay in 2008 i thought like it was the best thing after slice spread <laughs> simply because wind energy is the next absolutely till today Alternative energy is the best theme. So the theme was not wrong. Yeah. It's to ten, twelve years. Balance sheet looked damn good. It was superb. Yeah. You had a great promoter. In fact, one day he overtook. I remember even Mr. Ambani. Ambani, yeah. Uh, in became the richest Indian. Uh, everything was right. Uh, all the f- uh, all the brokers were running after him. His plans so, were fantastic. Absolutely. Yeah. So I thought like here, here's this stock. I had put in a lot of money. In 2008, we had you know thanks to the market made some money. And I said now that's it. Oh guys, in the game. Like I mean, I'm sorted. Like this is yeah. my stock for life, hmm. right? 
and uh, if i had not had the discipline of stop loss uh, you know where i would be mm-hmm. so uh, it's it's you know you may have sold some bajaj finance early that's fair enough but also thankfully you you sold so long on time yeah i mean if you <laughs> if you avoided the major time bombs and i think even yeah. if you missed a few yeah. gems that's fine yeah. in life yeah. and it's going to happen it's going to happen you can't get all yeah. of them yeah. right no, no, all no, the no. time this is no perfect you know the, the the whole thing this journey is all emotion yeah. it's all emotion. i mean look at the markets right now yeah they are testing us the last 4 to 5 months have been so testing it's unbelievable yeah. Yeah. it's like it's like you know you're standing in a street and you wonder why are all the cars somewhere else like you're just you're so alone because every day you wonder yeah because you know we are all growth investors we I mean that's what's happened for the last bloody 40 years yeah. yeah for 40 years it's been about growth we are all growth investors we are in leadership our stocks have done well and suddenly what set of stocks are moving are stocks which we would not have you know we've seen them around I haven't bought them for 10 years 20 yeah. years so before we go into the break and since you mentioned on uh, Titan and Rakesh bhai there's one thing that people probably don't get about him very often because he you know maybe they they don't know him obviously as sure, sure. as well as you do as someone who's worked with them i probably met him couple of times in sure. my whole thing but there are a couple of things people don't get about him is the way that he handles emotions yeah because this is a guy yeah who figured titan before the market yeah figured what lupin before the market absolutely Bef- figured a lot of stuff before the market and wrote them all out absolutely at the same time he's obviously also had some mistakes yeah before we go into the break just tell me about what it was like to work with him and whatever stuff you learned no i mean he's a great guy the beauty about working for him is that he's a person who's a trader investor and a private equity investor so i always feel that rakesh ji has a 3x brains because not only does he trade very well which itself requires all your brain power and still most people fail he's a great investor and he's also very very active and successful in private equity which very few people know about so first and foremost is that here's a person who is a little outside that bell shape curve he's somebody with supreme intellect and people very often you know like the see on tv etc and you know he's got he's, a jovial nature yeah. uh, they don't realize but behind that is a very very sharp brain Uh, so that is something that comes across he's special let me honestly tell you right. intellectually you know it's like it's like it's like when you were in school and one kid came first and whatever you did how many tuitions you went for how many revisions you did that kid always came first so he's somebody who's just blessed with that kind of intellect and for me working with him was great because he he's also someone who's seen the ups and downs he's also seen ups and downs and that is why he gave you that space there are a lot of guys who can't take losses you know when you manage money for people they can't take losses for any loss they figure out they cross question you they second guess you but in the time that i managed money for him not once and i can say that hand on heart not once did he ask me why i did what i did wow. and that is something that is why i call him as a great influence mentor and he helped me he didn't help me but he let me learn on my own terms and develop my own style Yeah, Bollywood's got a word for that, right? Jigra. I believe that's <laughs> what they call it. He's absolutely. just he's just so good he, at he's that. He's unbelievable. Yeah. Folks, on that note, I mean, believe me, guys, I think we can go on talking about markets and veterans absolutely. in the market for as much as we want. But we're taking a small break now. On the other side, we're going to talk about uh, how the markets are playing out, how they played out, how trend investing, you know, works in this, and of course, what lies ahead. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Also, let's talk about. the at the index level okay because i know that you know i've seen your youtube videos and you've got this very clear and very simple way of understanding the phases of right. what happens after you've had a major crash correct whether it is post it whether it is post lehman right. right let's talk about that at a phase level how trend investing plays out so uh, again through experience i've learned anupam that there are three stages to a bull market uh, and more so these play out after a crash crash is always a reset moment so when we went back 
and and we did this work internally i would say about a few six months ago you know the markets were running away 18000 and people asking now what first and foremost was we were very clear that this would not replicate itself in the year ahead you know year end people like to see what's the year ahead you know so by november we were doing this work and first it was very clear to us that this thing couldn't cannot go on yes it can get extended but not to 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 extrapolate and think that oh this is going to be returns for next year first and foremost we let's not miss sell to clients first and foremost second is that uh, we decided to go back in time and see what happens when markets crash so 2000 was one such time you know you had the whole it crash 40% or so the index came but i think in a lot of it stocks fell 90% and uh, i think it from 2000 till 2003 mid you know it was almost about 2 2 and a half years the market did nothing it was painful very very painful and 2003 suddenly the market just took off right and the market just like i think went 120% uh, from mid mid uh, 2003 to mid 2004 and people were like caught napping it was the sweetest phase of the market then the market we had a fall in 2004 there was a political change i think it was upa one that came in and uh, the market cracked down we had the circuit cases and then it took all of 2004 to recover it took it almost another year or so of no returns and then it is only after 2005 or so that we really saw the secular bull market to 2008 hardly 3 years yeah. so when we talk of the market we say 2003 to 2008 like bull market like it was one continuous correct wow but yeah. interesting there were three legs to it so the first leg which happened from 2003 to 2004 mid which was about a 120% return plus or minus some percentage yeah. it's nothing but like a spring that's compressed you know when the markets fall excesses get done on the downside and it's a spring that compresses and that spring gets released it is very fast and sharp very fast and sharp most people are caught napping they have owning the leaders of the last bull market and the most oversold stocks actually bounce back very sharply so this is something which we again saw post covid that the market took everyone by surprise we went up i think 140% or so and uh, 16 18 months or there so but the stocks that led were actually not the leaders of the previous bull market a new set of beaten down stocks or under small caps nobody wanted to touch small caps from 2018 funds were small cap funds were down 60 70% but that is what led the bull market so the first phase we realized in in 2003 to 2000 mid 4 was the spring action what i term as a oversold rally the same thing happened in 2008 we had the financial market crisis lehman yeah. crisis yeah. 2009 was a spectacular year i think 160% or so returns yeah same spring action compressed spring just whoop takes off and everyone's caught napping it's almost vertical but then what happened was post 2009 the market went into almost a three year kind of consolidation and we had zero index returns for three years yeah so that is what happens is that markets have the first phase of an oversold rally then they consolidate and that is where we are today what we think that has happened to the market you know we topped out in i think october of uh, 2021 18600 or thereabouts and you know we feel that the market is meandering this is nothing but a consolidation i know it feels like a bear market people have given back a lot of gains but actually this is a larger consolidation and i feel this consolidation would play between 18000 to 15000 of course that's 3000 points that's about 15 17% at a index level but then that is the nature of ranges these are very very painful times because you're just getting squeezed and squeezed and squeezed however these are not also times when you should give up on the market 
people will get frustrated and give up because here are sown the seeds of the third phase mm. just as in the 2000 2004 kind of move it was then that the whole move to 2005 to 2008 happened yeah. which was very glorious yeah. that is when the maximum money was made similarly post 2009 you know the bull market happened it went sideways, sideways and then you had the big phase so in this phase of consolidation the seeds are sown and that is where leadership changes yeah. because as i said the first phase is most beaten down stocks but what will emerge now in this phase is companies which have sustainable earnings which has very good strong trends and these trends then tend to be very elongated and probably the most rewarding yeah so before we go into that final part about stuff that you like i just want to Talk a little bit more in depth about what's happened, you know, post, sure. let's say, COVID, because we were at what twelve thousand Nifty from twelve thousand pre-COVID. I'm saying, huh. okay, by the end of 2019, early yeah, 2020, yeah, we were yeah. at about twelve thousand, twelve and a half on right, right. on the Nifty. We had a nice sharp forty percent dip. Seven we went five. all the way to seven five yeah. and all. Seven five then to fifteen was just like one major, Absolutely. probably first from seven five to twelve. That is yeah. regaining the old high top, yeah, making yeah. a new top, which yeah. is fifteen. Yeah, and then you had that massive fifteen to eighteen, which just zoomed off. Absolutely, okay. is so. Where do you think we are right now? Let's talk about you know that from eighteen. I think we are down again to about sixteen two. Yeah. So the as I said, the the typical playout was like that spring, you know, and that took us to eighteen. Then the markets go into consolidation. Now, honestly, Anupam, it's very difficult for me to tell you what the time zone is going to be. It's going to be six months, could nine months. It could be anything. But what it happens, it has has all the traits of that squeeze. It is very painful. It is very excruciating. Uh, you know, energy sapping, as I would say. You know, people are like absolutely. You know, and 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 I see it. I talk to investors and things like that. But also, what I do is I leave um, I leave an eye out and see that where is a new leadership emerging. Because even in this sideways market, there will be sectors and themes that will continue making new highs. And that is what I would really like to look at and bet at. Because they will be in the unloved. Under-researched hmm. and under-owned sectors. It's going to play out again, huh? It's Let's out. just get into that and wind up the episode. Uh, what again, do you think? Again, is again, you know, like this is going to change. It's not really something that has. Like, let's take defense sector. Okay, when I tell people defense, they say crap. <laughs> Any government, first of all, PSUs are the most hated place. Yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to own yeah. a PSU. They said, ah, this, this, etc., etc., etc. I'm not saying it's going to be the next big theme, but yeah. hey, you know, it's interesting. I'm look. I'm not that I'm invested in them, but I'm looking at it. I, it's it's very interesting. I feel some of the infra stocks are doing very very well. You know, they're coming out with very good numbers, and even in this market where we are experiencing pain across the board, some of them are pushing to lifetime highs. So again, it's an underloved, underowned sector, most overowned in 2008. Then it was all dumped, thumped, exited, right. never to touch again. Chore companies, whatever we termed yeah, it, yeah, but you know there there are some interesting stuff happening. Again, I'm not saying that these are going to be leaders, but these are themes that you know I am looking at. It's interesting. Let us see if follow-ups happen. So I feel that I mean PSUs, yeah, that that's another very interesting theme. Of course, these defense companies are a subset of that, but uh, I feel that there are some themes that are playing out. I am not very, very gung ho on. I mean, I think the biggest question right now is inflation. I mean, if I can, if you permit me to talk on that, please, yeah, yeah please go. Because for it. you know, like the whole world thinks that it's 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 inflation, etc., and U.S. bond yields, which is really what the central point is. But I am one of those little contrarian in my thought process. I personally think that yes, what had happened was that you have a secular downtrend of forty years in U.S. bonds, which were twelve, thirteen, fourteen percent, I think, and then came down. However, when COVID struck. 
the fed went very very aggressive and you know in this whole downward channel the lower channel broke off mm. the bottom of that market came off it went to 0.5 0.52 or something massive like that rally, yeah. massive bond rally and then post we realized that okay things are not so bad it has sprung back what has happened to bond yields is nothing but they have come back to the channel Hmm. and they have come to the upper end of the channel so from the base it looks like a very big bond rally but if you look at from the highs it is still in the longer term trend of course i would be worried if bond yields go beyond 3.25 to 3.5 and mind you it's just below that so it's a very very critical point i'm looking at it with concern but i personally think that they are not going to be that kind of you know take off i'm already seeing that in metals If you look at commodities you'll find that lot of globally metals have are giving away the only area of concern for me is crude because thanks to Russia um, you know this it wouldn't have been such a problem but thanks to this whole Ukraine issue that uh, crude continues to hold very strong OPEC also is really having a party so they are not really helping or they wouldn't like yeah. crude to cool off but if you ask me the thing that i'm looking off this whole inflation thing is that i personally think that the day crude cracks and for me in 100 is a very good level to look at i feel that this whole inflation talk will be out of the window and the market will again you know uh, move away from that kind of thing where you are saying that you want to go into only value stocks and growth is crap of mm. course i could be biased because i'm a growth investor <laughs> and i'm going through a lot of pain right yeah. now but i personally look at it with great interest uh, i'm looking uh, so I'm, i believe that post june you know we've been talking about inflation it's going to be till june but post june people are going to look back at growth because they're going to be surprised that actually growth is going to be the issue and inflation may not be such a big issue doesn't sound too good when saying growth is going to be the issue is yeah growth is going to be an issue because then you will have to again go back and this whole tightening you know 50 bips and 450 bips and 75 bips etc mm. are going to be arguments uh, which are going to be out of the window and then suddenly i think by the end of the year people going to talk about rate cuts again wow so you know i mean this is this is absolutely out of the box nobody yeah. would agree with me but from what i read or what i am seeing on the charts that inflation is going to be an issue first half of the year second half of the year it's going to be about growth yeah so we've had 6 months off in the market Absolutely. October till now, कुछ नहीं हुआ है. People are still at the margin. They're still, you know, believers. Yeah. yeah. Flows are coming in. Yeah. SIPs are going on. Sure. It's not like that 2003 feeling. You know what the 2003 absolutely, feeling was? Absolutely. Disillusionment. Absolute disillusionment yeah, with equities. Yeah. Yeah. It's not yeah. happened so far as yet. Do you think the next six months? Right. Okay, that could happen. This again, the market will go nowhere. People will probably lose their faith or some stuff like that. And that's you know that might be actually a good point. um for people to look at equities or do you think that you know anything else here that no, I No I can already see it you know I have a lot of friends uh, who got into the market and who were telling me like in fact just one of them he said see I put so much so much I have these 12 stocks uh, 11 are negative there's just one of them that's doing well and that's taking care of all 11 it's one of our Adani stock <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so so you know obviously uh, he got in pretty early and that's made a lot of money but in in a portfolio where one stock is holding out the other 11 is not a very pretty picture so I asked him yaar why don't you add you know these stocks other 11 thoda average kar lo ye katol hai pagal hai kya like you know there is no thought about it so these are signs and and you are seeing that in the us also you know like i was reading some of morgan stanley report that you know all people who came in into this whole mem stocks and you know the robin hood kind of things that they are already out of money you know through some through some statistical analysis even bitcoin for ma- that matter a lot of people are underwater probably it's 40% that's the number i heard so what will happen is that these things are happening and uh, um but i feel that the whole sip thing is a little different it's more you know i think uh, pe- 
till till your fixed deposit rates don't shoot up because as investors in india financial investors there are no alternative see real estate has not given you returns there is a big transaction hassle that yeah. the, the transaction size is too big it's not for it's not for an average indian middle class or even for a rich indian to be buying and selling real estate you know you don't uh, transact crores of rupees so often i think as far as your fixed income goes again nothing much has been happening and with the interest rates looking where they are i think the returns there are not impressive at all a fixed deposits is the most favorite most loved kind yeah. of play but post tax you know of course the rates are slightly higher but you know people are uh, enjoying the equity thing they have made good money so i feel that the bigger story is the whole sip cult because i think that is more sustainable that will kind of hold out yeah a lot of the retail what we call the robin hood plays i feel that they are already uh, not looking at the screen they're back to work uh, a lot of people's <laughs> dream of sitting at home or sitting in goa on the beach and trading ho gaya wo ho gaya you still think that this could be that the, the the market itself is taking a year off and chilling out somewhere right i mean absolutely. if you look at 2004 like you said this could be here but absolutely longer term you think the broad trend is still there I think so. You're I, a believer I, I, in that. I personally think so, and I feel that you know, uh, if if you ask me to go back in history and look at time and what sort of sectors and themes, you know, obviously they don't play out the same, but it would be more like 2004 or so, where it would take some time and then it would take off and then we would because. I, I think that it would be more, you know, revival led because again, you know, I've spoke about infra stocks. I spoke about such themes. These are really when you really have a economic revival. And I think if we revive our economy, it will going to set up new set of leaderships, yeah. Yeah. and those tend to be more sustainable because it's not about driven thanks to just infuse with liquidity and things like that. If the fundamentals play out, earnings play out, managements play out, I think a lot has happened in corporate India. I think we've really evolved as a country, and uh, fingers crossed. taking pain in the short run for sure but mm-hmm. i guess that's what markets all about on that very optimistic note that is the wrap of this episode of pesa pesa my guest atul suri ceo marathon trend atul thank you yeah thank thanks, you man. so much thank for you. dropping by to the studio hope to have you again out there thank you so much thanks thanks guys for having me thank you and listeners thank you for listening to this episode of pesa pesa if you like this podcast don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the ibm network you can listen to us on the ibm podcast app or ibmpodcast.com you can also follow us on our social media we are ibm podcast on twitter and instagram and if you want to reach out to me i am your host anupam gupta b50 on twitter and folks thank you really thank you so much for listening to pesa ऐसा वैसा No material on the show should be considered as financial advice. The material on the show is for informational purposes only. Please consult a financial advisor before taking any investment decision.